0: Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. My name is Jeremiah. And my name is Jeremiah. No, it's not. Scott. We did this
0: out of order, Jer. Well, because you were uh, you were busy. You were doing stuff. I was, yeah, I was doing things. I mean, are we really doing the show right now? Is this what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, no, this is it.
1: Uh, we have a we, uh, we have a show that we did not announce to anybody, but we have a special guest. A we returning do. person. The first ever returning guest. I mean, outside of we we've had some people who have come on and done like cameos back. Like and Mike Zap from for comic for Book men. Yep. Um folks like that. This is like uh like we invited this guy back for another interview because uh longtime listeners may remember a couple years ago we talked to Carter Mays and um the Schweitzer. Uh, his musical guy from Bad Chicken. Hey, if
0: he didn't return for the second interview, you're able to get his name wrong. I'm and pretty sure everyone's I, gonna be fine with it. I'm pretty
1: sure I didn't because I have power over the editing, and I got that one right absolutely. And not only that, but uh, I don't think he was necessarily involved in Inside Scarlet. He was the music guy essentially for uh, Bad Chicken. He was, and I and, believe one of the chicken and, voices. Yeah, and and he did. I. I he, I believe he does have some kind of hand in it. Well, we'll actually, we'll find out a little bit more about Inside Scarlet, actually, after we talk to Carter Mays, who's going to return. But until then, uh, before then, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Uh, We have a
0: Patreon account. We have a Patreon account. If you want to go to patreon.com. I said that like a question. (laughs) What? Well, we definitely do have a Patreon account. If you want to go to patreon.com slash lost at home, we put up a paywall for uh, basically making the show run. Uh, We've run this show for a couple years now in the red. Um, It does not Cost a three lot we're, to we're, we're, host a podcast. You
1: realize there's 52 episodes a year. And we are at 156 right now. Technically, we we've skipped. We're a at couple, the three year. Mark. Yeah, we skipped a couple of episodes in between, or slash didn't couldn't make them. So we're actually a little over the three-year sure. mark by about two weeks, but we're three years into this damn show.
0: Sure, but to uh, to maintain our domain, to host the actual show, and to uh, position ourselves in a good uh, marketable position through promotions and advertising. To be able and to get to, awesome
1: guests, of course.
0: And to go to cons, uh, it does cost a little, little bit of money. Um, through our Patreon, we're not really asking for a lot, uh, a dollar donation gets you... Well, actually, very little. Uh, three dollars is where we're trying to right. aim Dollar, for people. Dollar donation, to join we up. say
1: your name, but you know. But really, the hope is three dollars. We put a lot of extra work in every week to get you one new. Show a week of about 30 to 45 minutes in length. Uh, we had a, a, a Dingo Droppings special travel episode uh, month in January. We had Meet the Northrups, which is just about to air its uh, last two episodes now. Um, you've probably heard the third episode by now if you're on Patreon. The fourth episode's coming Which up is an
0: amazingly funny show. And I don't mean to say that as someone who is part of the making of it. I've listened to it after and post. And if you've ever done voice work before or have no idea how voice work works, um, just speaking into a mic and saying a bunch of lines doesn't seem like the most amazing thing, but when you hear the editing and music and laugh tracks that Jer puts in and post, uh, I, I tune in myself every week and I laugh. Well, it, like sounds, sounds, it, well,
1: it sounds different, like from Jen, when you actually record it. Well, thank you very much. Hey, this is the uh, Scott and Jer blow each other for for forty minutes hour. <laughs>
0: So, uh, but next month yes. we are doing uh, L and F Lost and Found uh, Quest, quest yes. which is a month of role playing where Jer and myself and three of our friends, two one week, one not the other week, but a different one, and the <laughs> same one. Also, tune in for Scott tries to explain a simple thing in the most fucking convoluted way possible. <laughs> But also, we also have our commentaries for movies. We've already done our Freddie Got Fingered commentary, this which weekend, featured. This weekend, we're doing. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Tom Green. Tom Green,
1: yes. I, I almost just stepped on the most important part of that. And this, uh, this weekend, I believe, we're going to record and release, if I'm not mistaken, Speed, Speed two, 2, the movie. Cruise of,
0: control, girl. The movie about a boat. Which comes out a week late, but we're cool. Um, we don't care. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, we're going to pop it down next week. Uh, we didn't have a chance to record it this past weekend. A lot of stuff going on, but it's still going to be there. And it the, uh, just means anybody uh, subscribing will have two in the month of March.
0: And if you're one of the cool kids who's already subscribed to Patreon, you've already heard this interview because we've dropped it early. Exactly. Uncut and in its raw form. That's so, right. um... Sorry, you you can't listen to this episode yeah. past this, but let's do an interview out, again because Jair's editing is great, and we're going to jump to the end after that where Carter joins us for our question of the week.
1: Yeah, and I say without further ado, which is the way we always introduce every guest, uh, let's talk to Mr. Carter Mays right now.
0: We are here with Carter Mays. Uh, if you're a longtime listener or a first-time listener who wants to dig through our archives, we had a conversation with him a few years ago about the movie *Bad Chicken*. Uh, that's a beloved movie beside uh, between myself and Jer here, and uh, we loved it. And we were excited when you told us during that interview that upcoming would be *Inside Scarlet*. Uh, we've both watched that movie. we loved it. And we'd like to actually sit down today and talk to you a little bit about this and your future projects. Um, Carter, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, if they had not heard the previous interview, uh, feel free to now.
2: Well, first of all, uh, Scott, Jeremiah, thanks for having me back on the program. Um, I appreciate it. Um, as a, uh, independent filmmaker and probably anyone who's a independent artist can tell you the, um, appreciate when uh you know um people take uh, an interest in your work especially when you you're doing the uh the strange offbeat stuff (laughs) like like uh i think we both share tastes and um yeah you guys had me on a couple years ago um my my first feature film uh was uh bad chicken and um um i guess if if you haven't seen that it's um a dark comedy that has both human characters and um, puppets, like uh, Muppet-style puppets that are chickens, and they—they um, uh, they are prime characters in the uh, in the melee of the film and the plot. And um, uh, Gravitas Ventures picked it up for distribution, and it's been out now a couple of years, and we've had a, a ton of fun, a really good following with it. Um, so um, I got around and pleaded. The follow-up, like you said, which we talked about um, on that show called Inside Scarlet, um, which has uh, now just uh, just come out and it's available on the digital platforms um, via distribution by Juice Worldwide, and um, it's it's kind of a slightly different ball of wax, but there's some familiar elements and um, I've used some of the same crew and some of the same cast, um, especially the lead actress. And bad chicken uh, came back, and she was the um, the name, title, character.
0: Yeah, Isabel Isabel Gardo. Yeah, she's uh, she's amazing. I actually really appreciated her different performances between the two movies because she definitely played two distinctly different characters.
1: And I, I would even argue that multiple different types of characters, even within Inside Scarlet, where her range is actually pretty incredible. The types of the range of emotions she has to go through in this and probably says a lot uh, to you also Carter as a director and a writer to kind of engage in an actor in that way.
2: Yeah. Thank you. She is, um, she's phenomenal. And just, you know, I was just blessed to find her um, on the first film. And so um, like anyone, one, you know, with, with uh, some brains, they, uh, you know, you write and nurture the, the opportunities that come to you. And, and so I literally wrote this film for her and with her uh, in mind, you know, for the lead part. And I, I knew that she could carry it, you know, which essentially uh, she does. It's, it's, it's pretty much the movie told through her perspective. So she is, um, she's in every scene, <laughs> you know, um, uh, to say the least. And, um, um, a brief sort of synopsis is, is um, Scarlett is a, a agoraphobic girl. She um, lives at home by herself, had to raise herself, so she, you know, is a little bit of a stunted um, growth, you know, and uh, I guess arrested development, you call that. And she suddenly finds herself pregnant, and she has no recollection of how this happened. And so the movie is, once again, like Bad Chicken, told in a a nonlinear fashion. Um, But you're getting the pieces of this puzzle um, that um, really unravel and reveal what actually happened. Um, But, um, you know, as people with PTSD will do, sometimes they will create um, scenarios that... um, no matter how odd and fan, you know fantastical they are, they are easier for them to digest than the truth. Um, so you know it it's kind of a it's kind of a great device to have fun with you know you're trying to figure out what is actually happening and what is just you know happening in her mind, um, as in you know a lot of psychological thrillers you know set up that way. And, um, but the stuff that's in her mind, well, we've, we, we, we try to have a lot of fun with that <laughs> again. Um, and it brought back some elements from bad chicken that you guys might've recognized.
0: Absolutely. Like when I was watching it, I mean, you obviously, uh, use the same bad chicken. I'm, I'm assuming it's the main chicken from the original bad chicken movie as the chicken that she has as a stuffed animal
2: from when she was a child. <clears throat> that's, um, that's correct. Although, um. The uh, it's actually not the the uh, main chicken, but it was the third
0: uh-huh.
2: chicken. So the the dumb one that was a sound person on the chicken crew of the first yes, film. Yes, yes, uh, Yeah, that that was the one. That just he has the sort of a big wide face, and his um, his eyes are a little bit kind of cross eyed and 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 cocked a little bit. So you know he he just kind of, you laugh when you just look at them, and at the same time, you know, in the right context, that's that's what makes them scary, you know, the way, the way people use children in horror films, you know, um, so exactly that. I, so I, I repurposed, again, with with the puppets, um, and then I used one, and so in this case, it was a, like you said, a stuffed animal from um, her collection of stuffed animals as a child, and we use the chicken puppet there and, and so the um that chicken character um, comes alive and starts talking to her and um, begins a relationship um an ongoing relationship as she's going through this whole traumatic you know uh, process and an event and so um, that uh, that kind of gets into some. Uh, it's kind of fun, you know, uh, anytime you ha- it, if you saw Bad Chicken, you saw the way um, that she would play off of the puppets and, and we play the puppets very real and shoot them very real kind of as people and not sort of slapstick at all. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a puppet. Um, and um, so it was kind of it's, it's really fun to return to that and and um, and watch Isabel sort of do her thing
0: now I am curious uh, from our last conversation uh, this movie and the previous movie Bad Chicken and an upcoming movie you have I believe it's Apocalypse Chicken um, are all considered within a similar universe is this as canon as say like a Star Wars or Marvel movie where this fits into the canon of what was happening in Bad Chicken and what will happen in the next film
2: well um the, um, I kind of have looked at it like this, like, you know, the, the way that Isabel is, you can name a number of directors and like, a, um, you know, that director works with certain people and, 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 and certain actors, I mean, and um, you know, they use multiple films and there's a reason for that. Obviously you get in a good flow with somebody and, and it's, it's nice to be able to write for a specific person um, as opposed to looking for, you know, somebody to fill that character. Um, So, you know, is the same way they did that for Isabel. I kind of looked at the, the chicken puppets as the same thing that, you know, they were my stable of Muppets in a way where, you know, um, I can put them in any context. And so, like with inside scarlet it was it was a stuffed animal, although it was the same puppet. you're like, oh, there's there's Carl Chicken from Bad Chicken, you know, with a with a supporting role you know in inside scarlet um, and uh, you know we have um, designed and looked at um, uh, uh, creating some other puppets um, there are uh, there's a set of pigs in my studio that we started working on. And, um, honestly, one of the, you know, myriad ideas out there, um, was, uh, kind of this thing where there were chickens and then there were pigs in the world and, and, um, they really didn't like each other, you know? So they, um, um, talked bad about each other and, 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 was a source of conflict and what you, can do with species is, is sort of have a lot of fun in terms of, it's a nice analogy for race, for sort of anything you can, what I like about puppets is you, a puppet can get away with it. You can give a line to a puppet, um, that just wouldn't land with a human. You know what I mean? you know, like, you can really push envelopes and really just, um, um, make someone a really awful, awful character, you know. But absolutely, you know, because it's like a chicken. You're like, oh, you know, okay. So you know, we're it's 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 just a it's a it's an analogy, it's a metaphor. Um, so um, the um apocalypse chipping chicken actually part of that became inside Scarlet and. I want to ask your opinion on this. I was thinking about this before the show started. It should, do we care if we give away what Scarlet gives birth to? <laughs> or should, do you think people will have watched it? Or I, I think uh, the
0: entire time I was watching the movie, in the back of my head, I wondered if that exact ending would happen or if i was reaching too far but within your universe i realize you can never reach too far the, the, the what you, <laughs> what you can imagine could happen so no I, I i think it's it's fair to give away
2: okay okay i i, I kind of agree i i think you know um because once you hear what I'm about to say, like, I don't, I think that probably only interests people <laughs> more than, um, you know, like, Oh, now I know. But you watch the trailer, if you watch the trailer for inside Scarlet, it's, uh, there's a birth scene that it builds up to a climax and she's giving birth. And then, you know, it sort of ends with the doctors going, Oh my God. And the doctors are in hazmat suits and it looks like, you know, the, the ET set, you know? Um, but, um, Apocalypse Chicken was actually a, a a script and a concept that I'd written and and was really about to do it. Um, and for a number of reasons, I just had to change course. Um, but there was something in it um, that uh, which was for Isabel's character, whoever she was, to give birth to a chicken you know, to lay an egg and have the egg hatch a baby chicken, you know, because if you've seen bad chicken, obviously she has sex with the chicken and bad chicken. And so the logical place to go, um, would be for her to, for her to get pregnant. And so, um, really that was honestly the one thing I knew I wanted to put in the next film was her giving birth. Um, to a chicken and so um, it just ended up being a shift into this psychological thriller as opposed to sort of what Apocalypse Chicken was which is slightly, slightly different but it had that scene in it you know that element of it in there um, and um, so I think that it's something kind of fun that can perpetuate itself um, and and I don't, the next film, which we can talk about in a, in a, in a bit, whenever you like, um, is not involving the chickens, but there's a, re- I think there's a return to form there that I'm planning, and um, it could go any number of ways, but certainly now we have this baby chicken, and and so, you know, you could, uh, you can get into, you know, Isabel having a domestic, Trying to have a domestic life, you know, with uh, a chicken with a and chicken, now a baby, baby. chicken yeah. to take care yeah. of, right. <laughs> you yeah.
1: know. It's not. It's not exactly uh, something straight out of a an '80s sitcom, necessarily. Um, well, actually, <laughs> actually, technically, I guess, but taking Alf <laughs> out of the equation, but uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. I was
2: going right there with.
1: I was actually curious too um, about. Um, I mean, I, you said you wrote this essentially, you know, with. Uh, Isabel in mind for this if when you either whether it was you showed her the script or told her the idea or anything like that if her reaction was more uh, really Carter chickens again or like oh really Carter chickens again like if uh, what kind of reaction she had to this kind of role uh, you know kind of reprising the same type of um, I guess uh, plot scenario not plot uh, scenario but with a new character and things like that
2: she um she's very game for pretty much, you know, anything you throw at her. And, you know, she's, she's done some off color sort of, um, roles and, and whatnot in, 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 in her, uh, in her past. Um, you know, there's, there's been some other areas where we've discussed, you know, areas of, of, of sensitivity in terms of her, her, uh, upbringing and, and, um, um, you know, sort of, um, uh, religious background of her family, and, and some of those things um, that we sort of make sure we're on the same page with. Um, but in terms of, hey, you know, you, you're gonna get to lay an egg. <laughs> She's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. That I'm sounds like in. a it sounds like a I'm fun
1: role in. for anybody, honestly. Be like, hey, you get to you get to lay an egg. It's not something every actor can say they've mm-hmm. done in their uh, in their careers. That's for sure. Um, yeah,
2: I was actually, sorry, I was just trying to, yeah. I, we had in that discussion on set. I'm like, has anybody laid an egg, <laughs> you know, on, can-? we were trying to figure it out. I don't know if you guys have more, more in-depth knowledge of that trivia, but we oh, couldn't I, think I, of it.
0: Like, yeah, I was going to say, I certainly know my obscure movies. That's what I tend to gravitate towards. Like when I saw the uh, Oscars the other night, I, didn't, I hadn't seen any of those movies. Yeah. Like none of them. I, I tend to go underground, right. so I gotta say I yeah. don't think I've ever
1: seen it. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm, I'm I'm reaching back. I don't know. Uh, have, did you discover any along your path when you were uh, doing that research to try to figure that out? None. Oh, okay. No. I, no I, I none. I mean, we some weird things have come out of orifices in in horror movies, but I don't recall right. anybody laying a human being <gasps> laying an egg. I
0: personally don't laying think I've ever even heard the word cloaca said in a <laughs> major motion picture <laughs> ever. <laughs> It's true, it's true.
2: All right, I'll take that as a badge of honor. That's that's you know, a good one. Well, the first movie to lay an egg. Um, um,
1: well, I, and I, I was actually curious, because uh, you mentioned that Bad Chicken was uh, your first major, or, you know, your first feature film, um, which is actually a surprise. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising to us, because we knew that going in, but if you didn't know that, you wouldn't necessarily assume that, because it was, you know, it was extremely well made for a first feature film, but... I'm sure there were a lot of uh you know hardships lessons learned from that. I'm just curious what are some of the takeaways from Bad Chicken or even like no we're not going to do that again or oh yeah, let's do that a little bit better, or a little different. What you took away from Bad Chicken that you applied to Inside Scarlet?
2: Um well, um you know, I also can tell you I've I've, I've worked uh, um a a long many years in the business. So I I I've, I've been in this industry. Right. Um, you know, my entire adult career. Um, So it was really just, you know, finally going, okay, you know, it's time to, you know, finally do it, you know. Um, But um, one of the things that I did on the second one was I set the film primarily inside our house. Um, And because had chicken. We were so all over the place. And when you're really kind of doing it bare bones like I am and kind of, you know, producing and directing and doing everything, um, you know, the time that it takes to sort of get to the desert and, and then, you know, you got to, you rent a house and, and get everybody in the house. And then, you know, my, my girlfriend's, she caters and cooks dinner for the crew and all those all those elements are, you know, time and, and, and resources that you're not shooting. Now, you know, unless you live in the desert, you got to get out there and, and and it's worth it to go to the desert to shoot. Um, But I really said, all right, well, let me, let me try to create something that is, is really right here at the house primarily. And, um, you know, and it was great because, in the back garage is converted to a studio where I work. And, you know, we would, um, basically when we break for lunch, everybody would make a plate and we go sit in the studio and we would watch the dailies, you know, watch what we shot that morning, you know, everything's, as you know, instantaneous and digital. So it was, what a great advantage just to immediately see what you're doing. And, and, and make sure it's okay and it looks good and everybody talk you know and you have that quick discussion while you have lunch and then and then go back in the house and jump back in so um, it did allow me to you know sort of be a little bit more creative with cinematography and, and those kinds of things and and lighting um, that chicken while we really roughed we smoothed out the rough edges was a manic pace i mean just manic and and, and he, the thing you learn is how to shoot puppets especially when you have three of them i had one um, on the second film but you know we talked about in the last podcast you've got three grown men <laughs> you know lying on a ferny pad in the on the desert floor 115 degree heat sun bearing down and you know you just have enough room to frame the three puppets in but not their arms you know and hide them <laughs> so um how to hide a puppeteer and you know and, and so i, I did not know how to do that you go by the couch you cut a hole in the couch and you hollow it out and you know and somebody slips in and underneath and then you can do a wide shot and there's the puppet you know uh, sitting on the couch so we kind of knew about that but Mostly to sort of focus the resources on shooting, as opposed to all that other stuff that you have to do that uh, uh, you know is not <laughs> is not shooting.
1: Right. Yeah. The um, uh, and actually uh, something you just mentioned about you know being able to look at the dailies, well, daily if you wanted to with the group. Um, I, I would be I would be afraid of there potentially being a downside to that as well and how you kind of balance that because I feel like there might be that perfectionist which I know exists in any artist or any creative person where you see something and if you didn't see it that day, you know, exactly that way with everybody, you may have just been able to live with it and do something with it where, you know, how do you not just say, no, let's, you know, make this, you know, as pristine, perfect and go back and you end up spending six days on one shot versus, you know, six mm-hmm. days on six shots. Um, how do you kind of find that balance to kind of, quiet that perfectionist that kind of makes you want to over, um, polish something we can sometimes actually take the life out of it.
2: Right. Um, well, the only, the only tricky part is really with the, um, with the cast members. And I have some, that just really don't want to watch it. Like, like, uh, Kevin Flood, who plays, uh, Isabel's father and he was in bad chicken as well. He, um, he, he, he just wants. He wants to see a couple of little things, you know. If it's it involves him, and then he doesn't want to watch it anymore. He's like, I just I'll I'll show it to me when it's done. Yeah. Um, Isabel fine to watch anything and everything, um, but um, I don't. You know, it's not the style of filmmaking that um, a that I do, and B really that I have sort of the resources to do. Mm-hmm. um you know to 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 really go for perfection i i i tend to sort of you know organic is an overused word but you you go in there and you're working you know we talk through it and rehearse it and we try things and then you know you just you stop and you try something else and 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 so it it sort of evolves and the character evolves and um sometimes it takes A lot of takes to kind of get to the place where we want to get to um but um it uh it really lets you find out where you're messing up honestly is is the the you know the beauty of of having those quick dailies like okay everything's fine we're you know we're technically we're okay but uh, this looks you know this looks all right you know maybe we and and if you missed a shot or forgot something. Um, so you, you really can kind of fill in the holes and polish. And if you need to redo something, yeah, you know, we do it, but mm-hmm. we we're the way that we have to make these films. There's so much sort of energy and momentum. Um, you know, that's just kind of the style of filmmaking that, that we, um, that we approach as opposed to, uh, you know, setting up one shot, <laughs> you know, as, your morning and, and um, making that shot perfect, um, which would just be a different approach, you know, for me, yeah. we kind of, we just have to kind of go for
1: it. And I can definitely see where, I mean, especially with smaller budget films and people kind of having a you know ton of others, you know, you, you're wearing a lot of hats on the film and everything. You got to kind of, I figure the pace probably dictated, you know, the luxury of being able to do some of that. But at the same time, I also wanted to note that it's, it's nice when I see movies that, that I know, you know, didn't they, sometimes when people pour over something, their perception of perfection is actually imperfection and they can actually go overboard and make something feel, they they drain the soul out of it. And you you mentioned something about the sets um, or, you know, uh, kind of moving inside a lot versus the outdoorsy parts of Bad Chicken. I'm curious now how you might apply that mindset of, you know, those uh, lessons you've learned from Inside Scarlet and Bad Chicken and, uh, you know, maybe as far as locations and sets and things to Apocalypse Chicken and what we have to look forward to for that one.
2: <clears throat> well, um, uh, the the third film that's forming um, is not actually Apocalypse Chicken, so I mm-hmm. need to update um, my website. Well, I know that you've also got um,
0: Barfly. is another one.
2: Okay, Barfly's on there. Um, that's the one that um, we are. Um, I'm scheming and developing. Um, does this that this does this that fit in? Project. Does
1: that fit in with the same uh, group, or is that a kind of a separate tangential? For, for g- uh,
0: forgive our a, bad memories, if we you had yeah. answered this question already about two years ago. No. no. <laughs>
2: It, maybe it came up if it was already on the website I believe Barfly um, yeah we flight talked flight.
0: about Barfly at length you described how it was being shot and how it was being done in your own vision but now that we've moved two years forward I'm sure that vision's changed based
2: on you know logistics and specifics yeah we're we're I'm actually down in, in, in Florida at the moment um, this is where I'm I'm from and all of the cast members and crew um, that I work with um, are uh, are Floridians and um, some guys down here are slowly building the creature, um, the Barfly creature. And it's kind of apropos that it's being built here because um, it's a Florida-set film. You know, this thing comes out of the uh, swamp. And so um, really kind of the way that I used the desert and band chicken, um, the swamp will be used in in the barfly. There, I mean, it's just some amazing, amazing, beautiful swamp land down here um, that um, I think's kind of underused. But we've certainly seen it. In, I'm, in, in, I'm a yeah,
1: I'm there. I'm a huge fan of. So I know it sounds like such a subgenre to be into, but swamp-based <laughs> movies, if you will. <laughs> no, I, I just know think that it, that is such a I do feel it is relatively underutilized as like, I mean, maybe it's just really tough to shoot in a swamp or around a swamp, but as far as just like the atmosphere that it just like brings you into immediately without much setup is actually really, really amazing, really strong. It's kind of becomes a character in and of itself. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the, the cypress knot tree rivers that snake through here that there's, there's a, there's a certain kind of scenery that, um, is, is, just mind blowing, beautiful, and it and it's it's got a it's got a mystery to it, just like the desert. You go under the Joshua tree, and and there's just something about that place, and it's so beautiful, and and um, so the, the, the yeah the swamp of Florida has that same thing, and so um, you know this creature is gonna kind of emerge right from it, and um, so I, I that's the one I've put on the on the front burner um to get it to get it built and um um, start developing it uh, to be shot down here in florida um i think it's you know it's a great i'm trying to sort of evolve as we go and and so obviously there's elements we're repeating and using the puppets and i'm still sort of i mean this barfly is going to be it's going to be a puppet although it's a full stand-up walk around puppet, you know. Um so what'd be nice about that is you don't have to hide the puppeteer. Um, you know, the thing can walk in the door of the bar and sit on the bar stool and and, you know, I can shoot it like as if for just a human today. Um so um so we got some it's a really fun, great potential for the whole concept of this thing. And um, and that's what I want to do next. The the um, the return to the chickens is coming. It's it's like we have too much fun with that. And I um, I you were talking about lessons. I almost feel like I, one of the lessons I learned is I didn't I didn't quite get. I could have promoted bad chicken a little bit better than I did I, I only went to a few film festivals and I then immediately signed a distribution deal and you know all good but what I really should have done was closer to what I did with Inside like Scarlet is you you take a full year and you do the film festival circuit and and you know obviously that's fun you go to go to places and, and uh, meet people and see your film and, um, and I could have I, with Bad Chicken, that's it's such a film festival film. I, I know the places where I, I could have taken it, and 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 really, I think pushed it a little a little further out into the, uh, you know, into the stratosphere. Um, but you know, Inside Scarlet, we got um, we took it a few places. We got uh, we got the Vanguard Award from IFS Independent Filmmakers Showcase. It's a film festival in LA that. Bad Chicken won Best Comedy, and they had us back with inside Scarlet and gave us the Vanguard Award. So I really appreciated that. Um, and we got into the uh, Nashville Film Festival, and the song that um, I co-wrote with David Schweitzer, who was our Bad Chicken musician yep. and actor for we the main chicken, air last uh, two years ago. Yep. Yep. exactly. Uh, so uh, we co-wrote and David made created this song and we got nominated for best song in the Nashville film festival um it's the ballad the kind of piano ballad that plays when she's taping up the house
1: yeah um, i
0: remember
2: hearing, i, hearing I hearing remember
1: that. that very well because yeah. i was actually about to shazam it to see if i could figure out what it was but actually uh. you
0: don't I <laughs> remember it because it was what was going through my head as i had an ocd moment going she's taping those pieces of plastic wrong (laughs) that's not how you do them and i had like an ocd breakdown (laughs) watching that scene (laughs) she's using too much tape and in the wrong way
2: (laughs) right right but uh, i got the the i got the
0: creative uh, angle you were going for she's like having a mental breakdown she's definitely not running on the same gears even someone with a mental like a slightly mental disorder would have like my personal ocd (laughs) yeah yours would be perfect right straight yeah um
2: it was a bit of a bit of a cocoon you know effect yeah um so that was nice you know um and dan our uh, uh i forget the drummer dan our from the black keys is the drummer oh my um, god
1: he's one of my favorites i'm a drummer so he's a uh, i'm a huge fan Oh uh, it's
2: not dan's the the guitarist yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah i know
2: i'm skipping on the drummer he was one of the judges so yeah you know it's kind of cool that he he heard our it was one of like three songs and he heard it and um, you know, we didn't win, but it was kinda cool to know that he was listening to our tune, you know. Absolutely. Um, um so um in any the event there's um there's a crazy creature there. I think the barfly um is, is next up and then really when we return to the chickens, like I um then we go full chicken. I think I had that conversation. There was a point where I was trying to write a movie within a movie, and then, and so to bring in the chickens, but yet to have sort of um, some layers that are a little more serious in tone or dramatic, you know. And and then I just hit a wall, and I basically said to myself, "If you're gonna do the chickens, you go full chicken. Just you gotta, <laughs> you gotta go full absolutely. chicken." Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I, right. mean, I can appreciate full chicken absolutely. Now,
0: yeah. uh, this <laughs> might anger some of our listeners, but could Jared and I personally see maybe a sneak preview of what the barfly looks like? Um,
2: absolutely, I don't um, I don't have anything yet. It's in pieces but um i'd be i'd be I'm happy to share curious. it with you
1: i'm very curious we we'd
0: you. be <laughs> happy to see the pieces and if you would let us uh, share it with a wider audience i mean we'd be happy to do that as well if you're interested but that's all up to you
1: as soon as you're ready to mm. let, us, let us pepper anything you have about this out make sure to but to we're let we're us definitely
0: sure. curious cuz we love the chicken puppets they were amazing they were well crafted in a way that almost makes muppets not look cool they, they just they right. had they had a weird edge to them visually Oh, absolutely. and then also they looked like they were manipulated and used as real characters mm-hmm. like
2: believably right right I, I appreciate that very much um, you know a shout out to uh, uh, David Jordan Wavy Davy Jordan who built those things and as you remember he's uh, he goes back to like the original Pee Wee Playhouse TV show mm-hmm. just veteran artist and and um and just has that strange slanted eye, you know, that it just, wow. Well, um, it's well probably, appreciated. Probably brought him to life. Yeah. He's so, so, so talented. Um, so he's involved in the, in the bar fly. Um, we're trying to figure out, you know, cause there's um, um, sort of engineering and some functionality. Cause I really want the, the, the thing to just live on its own. And so we're, we're sort of, been researching how to um, get away from animatronics get away from you know any pulley systems um, that if he picks up a a beer and downs it you know he can do that you know or, or, or to vomit <laughs> you know back up he can he can do that and he wants to fall on the floor you know that um, it's 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 durable and, and 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 he can do that so that we really have this entity that we can just do whatever the hell we want to do with it, you know, and, and, and really go for it. And so it's in, so not just the aesthetic design, but kind of figuring out how to make it work and be durable, um, is taking up a, a few different brains, um, at the moment. Um, and, um, but, uh, but they're, they're ciphering on it, and, and um, we'll slowly get this thing together. And, and uh, I'd be happy to share it with you. I appreciate that. I think there'll be a time where as soon as I've got it built, then I think we, we go to the swamp and we're going to shoot some test footage, you know. Yeah, because you're, uh, you're
1: only making uh, – but with some of those little explanations of downing a beard, like no animatronics and – uh, vomiting things back up you're really only piquing our interest a hell of a lot more here so our, curi- <laughs> our curiosity now is through the roof so I can't wait to actually see that kind of thing and um, I i, th- I think uh, uh, we actually uh, before we actually leave you uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk about some of your future endeavors and things like that we're actually hoping to uh, get you to take part in one little extra part of the show where we uh, every week we pose a question of the week to our listeners and this one we kind of made a little bit um, I think they- fictional character-centric, specifically with our guest in mind, hoping that you wouldn't mind maybe being the first to answer this uh, question on air if you wouldn't mind. All right, Scott, you want to read that question
0: to him? All right. Lay it on me. All right. Question of the week. If you could have a fictional creature, robot, animal, etc. as a pet, what would you
2: have? A fictional animal, robot, as.
0: That that's a I'm very a wide net. I'm casting creature, yeah. monster, anything fictional that's pet-like. Like, what would you like to actually have in real, in life, real yeah. life?
2: Hmm. God, I would think. um I would think a monkey. Like, you know, if if you could, if you could really get them to be trained, where like you know it, it they could be potty trained. Um and would eat, um, and sort of you know not do the crazy things not like, you hear about, be <laughs> like, like beat, beat throwing their face at the zoo.
1: Yeah, they sometimes I think one person a, a year gets killed. So by like, a so like Chim Chim. Yeah. You know, or, or Curious yeah. George. You know, yeah. That's, Curi- I don't know. Curious George yeah. would be a handful. Those
0: are easily the fictional versions of monkeys that are the kind that would poop in a toilet and would listen to you and maybe even talk back. Not King Kong necessarily. Yeah. He could no. poop in a toilet. I think
1: he's
2: going to poop on a toilet. Also, going to need a big toilet. <laughs> need a big toilet, exactly. But yeah, potty trained um, chimpanzee. That or doesn't. You know, it, could be, <laughs> it doesn't beat you to death. Could in be your a ring. R- yeah. <laughs> um, I could uh, I could see myself driving around town with my chimp <laughs>
1: technically with it, like a convertible down like the Florida highway just that's a, that's a chimp yeah he's you know, right? got his shades on um, yeah. that's how you that's how you uh, get, get past the uh, that's how you get in the uh, carpool lane you just buy a
0: chimp it's wearing some Ray exactly. Bananas
2: yeah. Ray
0: Bananas now, oh jeez but look
2: here's but here's the here's the follow up question would be Um, even if the restaurant said no pets, because unless you sort of have ulterior beliefs, we came from the species of, Ooh. It's more of an ancestor than a pet, right? Could so my uncle? Yeah, can they? Can they keep you from bringing your chimp like inside Applebee's?
1: I bet you could. <laughs> I could, You could bring up a hell of a lawsuit about it. I bet, and, you, and, <laughs> and it's got to go all the way to the Supreme Court. And who knows what they're gonna decide?
0: It's gonna be a four-four decision. Well, I mean, if you could bring on a sympathy pet. On an airplane flight, like I'm gonna bring my cat on this airplane flight because it's my my like my comfort animal. You think you could bring a chimp on an airplane if it's your comfort animal? Yeah, it's gotta
1: beat people up, man. Drink all the airplane right. shots.
2: Uh. That's right. That's the that's the criteria. <laughs> it's a comfort animal. Yeah. <coughs> God, can you imagine sitting? I've I've seen pictures of people sat next to a baby kangaroo. Wow.
0: Um, okay, that's cool on a flight. That's cool. That's and like the, a that's like a rat monkey.
2: It's like a rabbit,
1: rat. uh, I don't know, human too, and it's got like, yeah, it's got a lot of. I've seen him box. Yeah,
2: but how cool! Like that's a, like that's a buddy, right? Like if you, like a an, it it, it could be even ape. I mean, a chimp is small, but I could see myself like pulling up at Applebee's and bringing my chimp and sitting at the bar, you know, and like, and he likes. cocktails (laughs) cocktails <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know and you've got to <laughs> serve them though and, and i what's, wonder actually
0: like, what's the legality
2: like will what's they the drinking give
0: age a, the legal, a chimp a drink? what's the
1: legal drinking age of a chimpanzee i do not know that exactly <laughs> right you're just what gonna serve him
0: yeah come on yeah man yeah chimp ears have to be like dog ears you gotta do the math because otherwise it'd be like oh right. he, he can't drink till he's 21 be like no chimp lives past
2: 20 and honestly
0: if there's a reason <laughs> if there's a reason to lose your liquor license it's serving a chimp <laughs>
1: That's the way to
2: do it. <laughs> that's the way to go but that out. That could be I think I think that's part of our future, you know. We're gonna we're gonna have a a DNA spliced sort of ape with a really smart brain or somehow they're gonna make them really smart and then and then they're gonna be companions. <laughs> For, and then, yeah. we can, well, we so, then we
1: can. while we all have our free time. we can get into the legalities. because well, we're all, we're all going to have so much free time because the robots took all our jobs. Some and, people uh, call them companions. Some people call them sex slaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you use your chimpanzee different than me? I just want to drinking, buddy, man. There
2: could be some of that. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I, you get drunk. I, I saw you guys did a um, uh, a show. We. Uh, what was it alt alt right furries yeah uh, yes. yes. we
0: just did an episode yeah, of yeah
1: which I, it's furries. it's funny we didn't even get into the furry aspect of um of inside scarlet which is too Absolutely, bad that, was, that, that yeah. was an oversight on our yeah. part
2: i was trying to there's a there's a guy that kind of does one of those sort of you know onion type sites and i was trying to get into plan a story how like bad chicken caused like some sort of fervor in the furry community because of the human puppet sex in it. You know, I just, nice. something kind of funny. You don't know? you don't You not run with it.
0: But. Oh, you know, you can definitely plant those stories. Just go to like BuzzFeed and just become a contributor and then just plant the story. Yeah,
1: in this day and age, it's going right. to be as, as, Real as any other news you may or may not read on Facebook
0: for Cried Out Loud. And it, yeah,
1: j- Donald Trump will read it and he'll tweet it. That's it fine. just
0: takes the right person right. who lives off of like kicks and ketamine, who's gonna yeah. read that at <laughs> eight in the morning and be like, yeah,
1: <laughs> I knew this it.
2: is famous. I knew it, yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. Yeah, uh, everything's everything's fair game.
1: All right. Well, I think uh, we really appreciate your time uh, hanging out with us yet again as our first uh, full returning guest that we've actually had on the the show. And that is awesome. We really, really appreciate you coming on way back when we were just infants in the podcast world, you know, talking to probably, you know, 10 people and now uh, significantly more than that. So um, really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, the support over the years. And uh, we appreciate that and plan on supporting you as often as we can. We can't wait to see that bar fly
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm honored uh, to be the first returning guest, and um, uh, like I said, yeah, I love talking to people. We have the similar offbeat tests uh, or tastes, and mm-hmm. and um, um, yeah, we're gonna continue to make some more weirdness, and uh, I definitely will, will share it with you everything that we have come down the pike, and um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, guys. Great great show, man. Keep up keep up the good work. You as well.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, that was actually great to hear Cardamaze kick in on our question of the week. Now, uh, continuing, we might as well reiterate here. Yeah. Um, if you could have a fictional creature, robot, animal, I don't know, monster, etc. Something fictional, uh, what kind of pet would you have? And, uh, you know, what else you want to kick in? Yeah. Uh, I threw in immediately, because I'd like giving an example for the listeners, just to see uh, my own dark mind. Uh, I said, personally, I want a Fizz Gig from Dark Crystal. And I love those things. They're I don't know why, like... but just Fizz Gig's are the best i
1: feel it would it would eat you but it's they're adorable um and then we've got matt young who chimes in a couple of them here he's got kitty prides dragon lockheed um and no, I think that's it because the other one's just a picture.
0: Oh no, it's just a picture. Now I love the picture that Matt Young throws in. It's a uh, Kitty Pride in her yeah. '80s big flared yes, collar. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, fucking sick. Yeah, so Kitty Pride's locker. That's a good call on that. And then one. we
0: got a uh, Tyler Brink, who brings in critters. Fuck and yes, fuck. You yeah. actually have an
1: amazing uh, critters poster in your living room, which is, I do. Yeah, I have it's, a, it's uh, a foreign. Ooh. It's a Polish, I believe. Polish. I, I know believe, it is yeah. because you could you should look up weird Polish uh, movie posters and just yeah. have a have a blast
0: oh no I I did and that's why I pointed yes. that out to my wife and she bought it for there, me for there my birthday there are so many
1: I want out of no, that and that one's actually
0: just good like uh, almost like aesthetically like yeah. artsy it's very art,
1: yeah. artsy all of theirs is very artsy Jason Northrop's of, of course uh, Alf um, and but
0: yes I had to chime in and I said he's sentient wouldn't, you just, wouldn't he just be a slave not a pet um, that comes back later the yep. only reason I mentioned it okay
1: um and then uh, well actually uh, Kelly Bear then mentions actually something about reading her erotic Al f- uh, fanfiction she which keeps now...
0: claiming there is some there isn't
1: but she should write some because she you loves know
0: what? cats and she just discovered Al from me I,
1: yeah that's true yeah and, 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 and specifically studying for me the Northrop's. Shyam the callback, Patreon.com um anyway uh, Kyle Martell I just wish there were dog sized elephants you could have as a pet.
0: And I had to rebuttal that would, would you rather fight one elephant-sized dog or a hundred dog-sized elephants? And then Kyle says,
1: elephant-sized dog, just get under it and calm it with belly rubs. Actually, to, that's true. That's to which I re- replied, yeah, in quotes, belly rubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in other words, Kyle's going to jerk off a dog. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. All right, so we got... Uh,
0: Christopher Ball comes in next. With something horrible. Uh. You know, the guy, the plane... The, the midget from uh, uh the Magical Island. Thing,
1: island. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Fantasy island. Fantasy island. Fantasy Island. There we go.
0: Yeah, and I said again, uh, last I checked, dwarves are sentient. Wouldn't this just be another slave like Alf?
1: And actually, I, I mean, I guess it's still fictional. But uh, he said, I always considered him the guy's pet. I treat my pets as if they were people half the time. That's that's true.
0: And I rebuttal it. that's one way. That's a one-way street, my friend, meaning you can treat your pets like humans. You can't treat your humans like pets. Exactly. It's a one-way street. (laughs) That's a different thing. Um,
1: uh, And then fear, of course. We've got uh, fear ins. Uh, fear? Did we ever figure out fear ins or fear-ins? Inns. ins. okay. Um, <laughs> I just peeked. <laughs> oh my god, I just peeked. <laughs> saying his name. <laughs> oh my god, look, fear. Look what you fucking do to him, fear, every time from... Uh, okay, anyway. He wants uh, a mogwai. He always go mogwai, and I totally agree with that. Uh, mogwai is great. They're a little bit of a handful because you got to pay attention to a lot of rules. If you're not good with a, a houseplant, you're not going to be good with a mogwai.
0: Uh, April Carr For also chimed reasons, in with yeah. also mogwai. So yep. I mean, there
1: you go. It's a so winner. Cute and cuddly. Um, but you know, she, but that was like doubling down on that. She was like, "I
0: I thought about it." Not non non yeah. Patreon subscriber Kyle Brock chimes in. <laughs> Sorry, we're doing, I, a, we're doing a little slut-shaming here. <laughs> I, I will say for Kyle, he
1: gives us free... Uh, he works on the he, show. He's yes, actually one of yes, the cast members he, behind the scenes. He he is, and also he gets paid for that stuff that he does usually, so we're getting like $50 a month from him when he chimes in on our go show. Go, Kyle! There we go, man. He goes, carpet, which you have to see the picture is the carpet from Aladdin, I believe. Yeah, the... the, the yeah, the... The The, the, carpet. the Persian rug. Yeah, the, the carpet that jerks you off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what mine does if I had a magic carpet you would think I'd be riding that motherfucker yeah I would be it'd be on it's back and would be like yeah let's fucking prone bone this motherfucker I'd be jamming that dick in that fucking carpet like a mofo tassels, tassels up your ass oh yeah just brown tassels shit covered well, tassels I mean, they're man. brown when, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: uh April also got in a late minute suggestion which says I know it's too late but I would it's also not. like to suggest Barkley from Sesame Street snuggling that pooch would be like hugging a cloud um that's gross, April. I want you to rethink a lot of your life decisions. That's gross. It's disgusting. You sicken us. Coming from a man who was talking about putting tassels from a carpet up his
1: asshole and getting them covered in shit. You disgust you
0: me. You disgust us. Can I can I
1: actually answer this one? I didn't bother, but um at uh you know at the beginning of the labyrinth, the the weird worm that uh yeah. Jennifer Connolly allow yeah. Did you say hello? No, I said hello, but that's close enough. Yeah, that's who I want as a pet. That little dude, he's got like a. a Is that a cap Terry Gilliam? On. Gilliam? No, I think feels he's... like it would be. Terry Gilliam's an American who sometime had a British accent. You think that's what it sounded like?
0: Yes, because you just did the same thing. An American who sometimes has a (laughs) British accent. And it sounded pretty good. It it (laughs) did. (laughs) It sounded like that character. Do you see my logic? It it, could have been because... Do you see
1: my logic? It could have been Terry Jones, because Terry Jones actually worked on that movie originally, but then had his name stripped from it because he actually didn't really appreciate the way that it went.
0: You mean the the mild pedophilia?
1: Terry Jones... uh, well mild he's just like I wanna fuck a 14 year old and then I kidnapped a baby cause a 14 year old becomes too old I'm David Bowie why did I die
0: baby AIDS I was waiting for the lyric where the baby would eventually become a (laughs) (laughs) 14-year-old. Nope, didn't happen. Jesse, have
1: patience. (laughs) David Bowie, fuck toddlers. We're done with that one. Uh, We're uh, we're done with the show now. We're out of time for the tune-in listeners. But uh, for all of you listening after, we are going to go out on... Uh, a torpedo rodeo song called Yellow Sky. Torpedo Rodeo song is my band. Check us out. Uh, go to Spotify. We just played a show, and we're gonna probably do some more in like Boston, New York. Can and you, stuff Can this you do summer, some so. locally,
0: like where you and I both live?
1: Uh, well, I would love to do Charlie and the rest O's. of the bandmates. No, my, like, could,
0: you, could you do one in a town? Yeah, where my, we my live thought in? is,
1: my thought is, we'll do like Charlie O's, and then we'll go on a tour in, like Boston and stuff like that. So okay. anyway, can I uh, be you your groupie? What? You can. You can suck a dick. That's what groupies do. Bye. Get
0: lost. She's a new beneath the yellow sky The troubles in world can't touch her She don't care about this heart of mine Until I see what's better than me